Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. This is the video and audio podcast of First United Methodist Church here in Yankton, South Dakota. I am Pastor Katie. And I'm glad to be with you. This is the Holy Week episode of What's Going On, which means that we are in the midst of Holy Week, which is arguably the most important week in the life of the church. Yesterday, well, yesterday for me, as I'm recording this on Monday, um, this past Sunday was Palm Sunday, or some of you might know it as Passion Sunday. Um, And that's where we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, marking the final week of his life. Uh, So we celebrate it with palms in the worship service, uh, palm branches, and uh, lots of praise and joy. And then uh, we have extra services throughout this week uh, to remember and to tell the whole story of Jesus' final days here on earth uh, and ultimately his resurrection. Today, I really want to talk a little bit about why we have so many services and why I think it's really important um, not to see the services as optional, as so many of us tend to do, as midweek services are kind of maybe for like those who have nothing better to do or, um, you know, for the holy of holies or something. Um, I think the two services that we have, uh, and really some churches do services every day of this week. I I've never done that, but uh, maybe someday I'll do that. Um, but we do uh, host a Monday, Thursday service and a Good Friday service. And I want to talk a little bit about those services and, again, why I think they are important to attend, important to um, be a part of. So the first is Monday, Thursday. And that, as a kid, that always confused me. It sounded like Monday, Thursday, and why are we naming Thursday, Monday, Um, But it's actually Monday, M-A-U-N-D-A-Y. And it comes from the Latin and it comes uh, and it's about uh, service. It's about when Jesus uh, washes the feet of his disciples. So Thursday is really looking at the last night of Jesus's life. And that includes uh, celebrating the Passover because they were in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And if you know anything about the Passover, that comes from the Old Testament Exodus story when the Jews were being uh, liberated from Egypt by Moses, uh, where God sends all of these plagues on Pharaoh and, and Moses is saying, let my people go. And uh, the final plague is the death of the firstborns, unless you had the blood of a lamb on your doorpost, and then the angel of death passed over uh, that household. And so the Jews um, did that, and so their firstborns did not die. And that is the final plague that convinces Pharaoh to let the Israelites go, a decision that he later regrets and then it, and starts chasing after them as they leave Egypt. But then Moses parts the Red Sea, and the Egyptians follow into the sea, and then the sea collapses back in on them. If you've never watched the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, I mean, it came out probably, what, in the 50s? A classic movie. I used to watch that with my parents on Easter, and it's like four hours long if you watch it on TV, but but totally worth it, and definitely, uh, definitely made an impact on me growing up but 
uh, if you are not familiar with that story, that's a great, um, I think, depiction of what uh, the Passover was. And, and it, that one goes through to the Ten Commandments, obviously. Um, so that's what Jesus is celebrating that night is that remembrance and, and really would have had something similar to uh, what we call a Seder now and what modern day Jewish people still celebrate for the Passover. Uh, that's also why Easter changes every year, the date of Easter. We don't have a, a set date for Easter because um, Easter always falls, Holy Week always falls with Passover. And so uh and Passover is uh, something that is done on the lunar calendar rather than the, I don't know what our, Julian calendar, I think is what ours is called. And so it depends on when there's a new moon. It's like the first new moon after su such and such a time. And then, <coughs> and then you, you set Easter based on that. And so Easter ranges from any time in March to any time in April. Uh, and so uh, some fun facts for you there. So Thursday night is all about Jesus celebrating his final Passover with his disciples. We call it the Last Supper. And our communion uh, remembrance that we do once a month is based on that night. That is what we talk about in our communion liturgy on the night that Jesus was betrayed. That is Thursday night. That is the night that uh, that happens. And so our Monday Thursday service includes Holy Communion. When I was growing up in the church that I was growing up in, um, you weren't allowed to have communion until you had gone on a communion retreat and learned all about Passover and learned about communion. And then we would make special bread at that retreat that we would then have on Monday, Thursday. And in that particular church, it was the only time we got real bread. And so that became my favorite service uh, growing up because I was like, we get real bread tonight. Um, we also had a real wine at that church. And so, you know, that was fun as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so that service includes communion and it really uh, kind of fleshes out the story of that night because also included in that night, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And we see Peter saying, you know, you're not going to do that for me because that's a really humiliating job. Um, humble is often the word we use, but I think probably humiliating would be a better sense of it um, because it was really like, whoever drew the short straw got that job because what they would do is go around everyone wore sandals uh, and the roads were dirt and animals passed on those roads and you just don't really know necessarily what was all caked on someone's foot uh, and so it was a gross job it was a dirty job so Jesus took on this job that nobody wanted and he was really you know like the main event, the star of the show, the leader of this group. And so it would have been uh, very strange for him to take on that role of serving his disciples. And Peter really is the one who is the most kind of offended by this and says, I'm not letting you do this. I'm not letting you touch my feet. And Jesus says, if you don't let me do this, you have no part in me. And then Peter changes his tune as he would and says, then wash everything. And Jesus is like, whoa, whoa just need to wash your feet. Don't go, don't go crazy on me. Uh, I, I wish Jesus would have said that to Peter in that way, but that's not exactly what he says. But he does say you only really need 
uh, your feet washed. And so we do that as part of the service as well. Uh, last year, because of COVID concerns, we just did the hands. And I think what we'll do this year is kind of give people an option. Uh, if you would prefer to just do your hands and have them washed as kind of the symbolic act of um, allowing allowing Jesus uh, to be a part of your life and to serve you and to allow him to be kind of that role model for you. Or you can choose to have your feet washed. Um, the reason that people tend to like to wash their hands more than their feet is because it's less uncomfortable. But I think part of the point of it is that it is uncomfortable to have your feet washed by somebody. Um, it feels almost invasive. Uh, and, and I think Jesus, I think that's part of it is that it's supposed to feel uncomfortable to have someone uh, and imagine having it be Jesus himself, wash your feet, see your feet, uh, touch your feet. Um, if, if you don't feel a little uncomfortable about it, um, then I think you're missing the point of, of that act of service. Um, and Jesus says, as I do, I want you to do, like, don't think of yourself as too high too important to be a servant to others. Um, and so I think it's a really good reminder for all of us. So that's Thursday night and, and we really get the beginning of, um, you know, that's, that's also when Jesus acknowledges that he knows what Judas is about to do. Uh, at this point, when Judas shows up to that meal, he's already met with the high, with the Pharisees. He's already met, the plan is already in motion for how Judas will betray Jesus. And Jesus calls it out a little bit. He says, I know, I know that one of you is going to betray me tonight. And all of them are just like, oh my God, is it me? Is it me, Lord? Is it me? And Jesus says, you know, the one who dips, dips the bread in, in the, you know, they dip the bread in like olive oil. If you dip your bread in, like one of you who was that close to me, one of you who has been with me, I know is going to betray me. That is, um, that is part of our, that's what part of the service is on Thursday and Friday is our Good Friday service. And uh, Good Friday uh, kind of seems like it's a bit of a misnomer because what's good about it, right? I mean, this is the day that Jesus dies. This is uh, his crucifix crucifixion on the cross, but it's also, we, we remember the events leading up to that. So that'll include his uh, going before Pontius Pilate, who's someone we talked about this week in, in worship. Uh, it also includes his um, uh, being tortured and, and, uh, and then his time on the cross and, and his final words. And so in that service, we call it a tenebrae service. And basically what that means is we'll be extinguishing the light. And so every time we read a portion of the scripture for for Good Friday, uh, we will extinguish candles. And when we extinguish all of the candles, it represents Christ's light being extinguished, uh, him passing away. Uh, because he really does die. That is, that is something that really does happen. And uh, it's a really somber service, but it's also very meaningful. Uh, that service has a lot of uh, focus, again, on kind of our need for a savior, uh, that Jesus dies on the cross for us, for uh, all of our sin, for the mistakes that we make. And so 
there there is an emphasis on that as well. Uh, and then that leads into our Easter Sunday worship services, which are very joyful and the story of the resurrection. Um, and so the temptation for many of us uh, is to skip over the hard stuff, uh, because who wants to willingly go listen to some really depressing things? And, and they are Thursday and Friday the things that happen are depressing. They are sad. They are, um, you know, if you really let yourself be in that, I mean, Jesus is betrayed. He is, he is arrested. He is beaten. He is uh, mocked. He is uh, tortured and he is crucified. These are awful things to think about. So why do we insist that you come remember that? Well, we do it because they are necessary parts of the story. They are, Jesus' death is a necessary part of our salvation. He cannot rise from the dead if he does not die. And we cannot um, have forgiveness of our sins without his death. And so uh, they're really important pieces. And not only that, it's really important that we experience the valleys in life as much as we experience the high points. Palm Sunday is a wonderful celebratory day, and I love it. I love it so much that we had our daughter baptized on Palm Sunday. Like, it's a really beautiful day. Easter Sunday is a really beautiful day. It's a day of celebration. But if you just go from Palm Sunday to Easter, from celebration to celebration, you miss out on why Easter is so great, right? You miss out on the valley. And the valleys are what make the peaks worthwhile. Uh, they're what makes the celebration what it is. And it reminds me, and it's not to say that we can't appreciate Easter without going through Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, but we're really not getting the whole story. And we're really not getting the true joy, because you can't have the true joy of the resurrection without experiencing the grief of death. Um, and, and I know that we would prefer to go through life without having to experience grief, without having to experience betrayal, without having to experience pain and suffering. All of us uh, try to live our lives in that way to minimize those things as much as we can. But that doesn't actually, one, it doesn't actually work. All of us experience these things to some degree. Two, I think it is helpful to remember that we have a savior who also experienced those things. And three, again, the victory of the resurrection only feels that good because of what has happened prior, because of what he went through, that the grave does not hold him uh, is so much more powerful if we see how he got there. You know, I used to watch movies and sometimes I pick movies based on how big of a valley there is in that movie, how big of a uh, problem there is or, you know, a struggle that the main characters go through because I want to like gauge how much I can handle. And so there's some movies that I love, but the the main characters go through such an emotional journey that I can't handle it, right? Like, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't want that right now. Um, but those are the best movies, right? Those are our favorite movies because they take us on that journey. 
where we go down into how how is this character gonna get through this uh, to have kind of that happy ending, which most of us really like to have. And the happy ending, the ending of the movie doesn't pay off unless we go with them down into the muck and into the mire. And it's the same with this story. It's the same with Jesus' story that, again, the resurrection only really has power if we travel through Holy Week with Jesus. There is a reason that the events happened the way they did. Jesus went through those things for a purpose, and that purpose was you and I. That purpose was to redeem our lives. But if we refuse to acknowledge that in his life, my guess is that we also refuse to acknowledge those things in our own lives. Um, and like I said before, all of us uh, experience those things, experience grief, experience pain, experience betrayal at one point or another in our lives. And it's hard to face. And it's hard to face that we also have some level of culpability in this, that if we didn't sin, Jesus would need to die. Now, granted, all of us have sinned. <coughs> it's not on any one of us in particular. It's on all of us together. But it's also kind of taking that ownership of, he did this because I needed it. He did this because he loves me and, and I couldn't do this on my own. I couldn't make this work myself. And so he did this for me. That's an uncomfortable thought, isn't it? The purpose of Holy Week is to make us a bit uncomfortable or maybe a lot uncomfortable actually, so that the release and the relief of the resurrection becomes our own release, our own relief. But it doesn't do that unless we face the truth, unless we face the hard realities of what happened and the hard realities in our own life. It's not until we can face that and own that and sit in that, that the resurrection can become real for us, that the joy of the resurrection, that the new life that is possible uh, can become real. That's why it becomes so important to attend these services, to face those realities Jesus did some pretty incredible things, things that we often don't want to face, that we don't want to emulate. And he tells us to do that. But if we don't come to those services, if we don't hear those stories, we don't know what Jesus is teaching us in those moments. And if we want to be followers of Christ, we have to be willing to follow him through all of it. And I get that it's hard. Even the disciples themselves found it difficult. Even the most faithful disciple, Peter, denies Jesus three times in the course of this week, in the course of the events that happened. So to not want to go through it is totally understandable and actually part of the journey of any disciple. But if we're going to truly be followers of Christ, we have to be willing, we have to be willing to follow. Jesus forgives us for our inability to be faithful. He forgave Peter, he forgives us but I think he also asks us to journey with him. So I'm inviting you this week to journey with us through Holy Week, to journey with us through the stories of Jesus's final days. And then I invite you to come back on Sunday and celebrate. Celebrate the resurrection. So starting the following week, we're going to be starting a series on the Lord's Prayer. And that might seem like why we say that every week, like, why would we need to have a series on that? That's something I actually know. 
But even though we say it every week, do you actually pay attention to what you're saying? Do you know why it is that we say it? So we're going to take an in-depth dive into the Lord's Prayer, into this thing that we say all the time, and find out what we are actually praying when we pray it. I did a, a play when I was in high school by Robert Fulgham called All I Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And the whole premise behind the play is what we really need to know in life are often very basic things. And I think what we need to know in our faith can be found in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And so I hope that you will plan to come during that Easter season to learn more about the Lord's Prayer. So I hope to see you soon. On Thursday at 7 p.m., on Friday at 8 p.m., and on Sunday, either at 9 a.m. or 10.30 for our worship services. Until then, God bless. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What's Going On, a video and audio podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. We'd love to have you join us for worship on Sundays, and we have two options available. 9 a.m. is our contemporary service, and 10.30 a.m. is our traditional service. You can find those online as well at our website, www.firstumcyankton.org, or on YouTube. 